Going Down to South Park is brought to you by the Four Finger Discount Network. Well, 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 you guys can all kiss my ass because I was on television. Hey, didn't you guys see it? I was on television. You missed it. You missed it because of that stupid planetarium. Planetarium suck ass. here and untie us. Eric, you really saved the day, okay? Not so fast there, Tubby. I'm just taking care of business. Think hard, Elvis. You're not really the king of rock and roll. You're a fat, stupid, worthless policeman in a small town, okay? Oh, thank you from a fate worse than death, counselor! Oh my god, Dr. Adams! <gasps> he got a full dose of the stars. Yeah, with nobody around to say anything. Can you imagine it, Stan? A mind emptied by that thing. Kick ass. Welcome to Going Down to South Park, the podcast where we always have ourselves a time. This week we are here to review Roger Ebert should lay off the fatty foods. I am Dando. <laughs> I am Guy. And uh, yes, yeah, nice to be here again talking uh, all things South Park. A not unpopular show. Apparently. No. <laughs> um, South Park is of course popular, but uh, going down to South Park... According to our man Dando, who's keeping an eye on you know our ratings and our analytics and all that good stuff, apparently some of you out there enjoys talking about the worker of Parker and Stone, which is good for us because we're happy to do it. We like doing it. Exactly right. And it's like, oh, it's nice to uh, start a new show right at the beginning that's got 25 seasons and people want to listen to it. It's like, content to talk about. Yes, please. Give me more. Give me more. But yeah, thank you to everyone who has um, been tuning into the show, whether you're sharing it on Twitter or whatever. Uh, the, the, the downloads have been going up heaps in the last few weeks and um, we do appreciate all of your support. You guys are absolute champions. But if you haven't followed us on uh, Twitter yet, it's at South Park TV Pod. So at South Park TV Pod on um on the Twitter, follow us on there, and also you can just follow us on Four Finger Discount as well at Four Finger Discount. Uh, that's pretty much what I t- uh, tweet on every single day, just as me. I use, use it as my own personal vice, and um, woof, it's been going pretty hot over the last twenty four hours. It seems I I was a big fan of that uh, of that seventy show. I've had some opinions <laughs> on that ninety show, and. People are either like, yeah, you're right, or you are incredibly wrong. And I'm like, hey, hey, I'm just, I'm just, just giving it my opinion, man. Yeah, I'm, just, uh, I'm telling like it is. Uh, <laughs> what is the ratio between people who agree with you and people who think you suck? Well, basically what I did was there's just, just before we get into South Park. So on that 90 show in episode two, they go to the video store. And for a show that's mm-hmm. set in 1995 over the 4th of July weekend, that's when the episode was, you'd think, all right, I've been put in charge of building the video store set of that 90 show. What's the one set piece you probably wouldn't want to fuck up in that 90 show? It's the video store set, right? Correct, yes. <laughs> and if you look in the background, there's a Batman Forever cover. Plus, there's video covers of things like Jurassic Park The Lost World or Con Air, films that were released post-1995. Those movies were both from 1997. You watched it and you go, like, I'm not annoyed. I'm saying it to Nick, and this is where people have sort of got I'm confused annoyed. with my Twitter posts. I'm like... I'm not annoyed. I'm merely pointing out, and I use the Simpsons reference of, boy, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. <laughs> well, either people didn't get it or just aren't Simpsons fans, but people thought I genuinely thought these people should have been fired for it. I was like, I just took a common mistake that happens in many sitcoms and turned it into a Simpsons gag, but man, they didn't like it. And they're just like, oh, this happens in other shows. This happened in that 70s show. I'm like, that's, that's fine. I'm merely pointing out that 
I wasn't bothered by it. I was more confused and befuddled how, how do you fuck that up? If you're, if you're yeah. put in charge of building a video store from 1995, would the first thing you do be, hey, Google, films released in and prior to 1995? Like, you made the effort of building these covers to put in the back, background of this shot. Why would you put Con Air? <laughs> Particularly if your show is called That 90s Show. That implies we're going to be reveling in 90s nostalgia here and it's probably going to be watched by 90s kids. Yes. So who are going to be like, oh, wait a minute, I happened to be around in 1995 and Con Air was not going to be released for another two years at least. And all these people who obviously Jesus weren't like born in the 90s or whatever are just commenting saying, it doesn't matter, it's just a sitcom. I'm like, that's the reason they get away with this shit because of dickheads like you. <laughs> you wait 20 years, you young yes, whippersnapper, that, when they're it. doing that 2020 show and you're like... <laughs> Billie Eilish didn't release Bad Guy until 2000 whenever. <laughs> See how you like it. I couldn't care. I wasn't upset. But what I was, what my post was, was that uh, so they had Batman Forever in the background of that video store, right? That's fine. It was released in 1995. But, you know, that was only... Th- this is set on the 4th of July weekend, three weeks after the release in the cinema of Batman Forever. Probably a mistake there, whatever. But then two episodes later, you literally have a character saying, hey, I've just got two tickets to go see Batman Forever at the cinemas. Do you want to go? And I'm like, so I I can (laughs) buy the whole fucking up the history and it being released in that year, but I can understand someone going, oh yeah, it was released in 95, we'll put that in there. But when you've got a character two episodes later in your canon saying, let's go see at the movies, how does that end up in the background of the video store? I'm not like, I don't care. It's a mistake. Whatever. It happens. But I'm just confused how it happened. And people didn't like me pointing it out. you got to realise what you're going to get when you uh, when you mess with Dando like this in his precious, precious 90s. <laughs> I couldn't care. I was just like, I thought it would be I a know. bit of fun. I was like, boy, I hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Whew. Man, oh man. Look, <laughs> I, I, I'm someone who does get a little bit uptight about things like this. I mean... Um, while we're sinking the boots into Netflix a little bit, please don't hate us, Netflix. We love you oh so much. Um, they had their three-part movie series, Fear Street, uh, a little uh, while back. I still have not... I watched the first shot or the first scene of the first one, and it, it, it's got the chick from um, Stranger Things. It does. It has Sadie Sink from yes. Stranger Things. I think, and Maya Hawke is in it as well. So yeah, yeah, that's um, it's Uma Thurman's daughter and Ethan Hawke's daughter. Yeah, yeah. She, I think she's in the Correct. opening. The opening one. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, she, yeah. Um, yeah and it's it. got a it's got a real nineties thing to it, and a, you know, very heavy nineties soundtrack. I mean, it's sort of taking the Stranger Things playbook and running with it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, this is all well and good. This is set in this particular year, but that nineties song came out a little bit later. I, I don't understand how that happens. How does that happen? I, don't, I just don't get how it happens because I'm such a stickler for details. Is it just they don't care or they just didn't realise? It's just, I don't know. I think they're just so busy creating a huge 90s collage that it's like, oh, look, no one's going to notice. It's all 90s in the end, isn't it? It's ancient history. It's like, no, it's not. Not to me. It was my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> I lived it. I lived it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough l- about that. Let's talk about uh, one of the better 90s shows, and that is, of course, South Park. And this episode here. So, if you didn't know that this episode was based on a Star Trek episode, you'd be probably confused as to what the fuck was going on here. Are you aware of the South Park, of the Star Trek episode they're taking off? Not really. So, tell us a bit more about it, please. Okay. So, this to me felt like quintessential, like early South Park, where it, if you know the episode of, of, um, of Star Trek, it's just two guys, Trey and Matt, who have created this enormous platform 
to be able to just pay tribute to one of their favorite shows. And that's why the, the charm of South Park is that, as we've said before in the past, when they take the mickey out of things, they do it from a, a point of love as opposed to we're taking the piss out of it, right? And Futurama is the same. Futurama, when they're, um, you know, they, whether it's the Titanic episode or um, was it Midnight Cowboy they did recently in a, in a Futurama yes. episode, they're not hating on it. They're just putting their own spin on it because they love it so much. So this episode mm. that they're taking off here is called Dagger of the Mind. Um, it's a Star Trek episode where uh, there's a guy who's using a device. I'll, I'll, I'll go to the Wikipedia page. Hang on. I'll read out the uh, description of the episode. So it's the ninth episode of the first season. It's only the ninth episode of the series overall. Um, in the episode, the Enterprise visits a rehabilitation facility for the criminally insane where the chief doctor has been using a device which destroys the human mind. So basically, it's just they're using the planet... planet Arium, uh, to, 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 that's their version of this, right? Um, but there's also other things like, even for example, at the end of the episode, they even have uh, the, the boys quote William Shatner uh, verbatim, like Kirk verbatim, when he says, um, uh, what, what is the line? Right, Stan, can you imagine a mind drained by that thing? That's the exact line from the episode at the end of, 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 um, of the And of done the in, the, in, in the very uh, particular Shatner kind of line delivery exactly right yeah so if, if you if you weren't aware of it um you, you'd be like what the fuck kind of is this it's, it's still a funny episode but it's just a, it's an odd episode. you might view it as like yeah you'd be like okay what's this meant to mean or what's this all about yeah and, you know, it's not doing anything much deeper than paying tribute to as you said a show that uh, trey and matt clearly dig and there are little easter eggs and uh, homages and tributes started all throughout the episode i mean I saw the Latin phrase in the uh, in the planet Arium, and was like, "Hmm, what does that mean?" And um, did a little googling, and it turns out that "me transmit sarsum caldone" is Latin for "beam me up, Scotty." Oh <laughs> um, shit! I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and um, even the fact that the observatory is called the. Um, uh, Tantalus or Tartalus V, mm-hmm. uh, that's also a shout out to Dagger of the Mind as well. So, and, you know, even the most cursory of Star Trek fans would recognise, you know, the mind meld. You know, everybody yes. knows the Vulcan mind meld. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although it did seem like they were throwing a bit of a, a total recall love in there as well with the open your mind. <laughs> <laughs> what I do I like, what, what, why this is so awesome for me is that. You can still watch this. Like, for example, when Mac is doing the um, the, the mind, the mind, he calls it mind melt, right? Is that what he calls it? Or does he say the mind melt as well? I think it's mind meld, but it's, yeah, <laughs> it probably came it across as mind melt. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether they changed the name of it or not, but you can watch it and still go, oh, well, South Park, this is just whatever. Like, it still works because of this yeah. universe that they've already created for themselves. You're not questioning what that Mackie has this power. It's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's this is a show that just throws so much stuff into the pop culture blender that's like, man, yeah, of course, why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, and plus you also had the side story here of Cartman. I think they've realised, as we've said by this point, Cartman needs, a, Cartman needs to be the B-plot in some way. Yeah. <laughs> you have your main story and your Cartman story. Everyone likes South Park, but they're really here for Cartman. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're going to make it, you know, I don't want roast beef and vegetables. Okay, we'll make a little plate of mac and cheese just for you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, here you go. Enjoy your enjoy your dinner. You know, enjoy your little your little treat. It's like Elliot when he goes to daycare, everyone has their, you know, their couscous in there, whatever, and he has his cheese sandwich. Because <laughs> he's just like, I ain't eating this shit. <laughs> couscous, go to hell. 
I tell you what, if you're looking for the best darn King of the Hill podcast this side of Ireland, look no further than our new show, That Pod Ain't Right, a chronological celebration of the series that's sure to meet all your propane and propane accessory needs. That Pod Ain't Right is now available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Link is in the description of this show. What were your favourite moments from Roger Ebert should lay off the fatty foods? But actually, before we get into that, the title. Literally, this is another thing about Trey and Matt. The title, and I'm not sure whether this was done very often at this point, well, this point, but they didn't give a fuck that the title meant nothing. Like, Roger Ebert should lay off mm. the fatty foods. It's just their dig at Roger Ebert. I know he meant, you know, I, I, know he's, so. I know he gets mentioned for like five seconds in this episode, but it was just, it was just a dig at him. That's it. It really was. Something I want to look up, and I'm, yeah. I should have done this beforehand. I apologize. But, okay, this was released in 1998, September 2, 1998. I'm sorry, I'm stepping on your toes yeah, that's right, by yeah. giving air dates. Mm. But I want to find out when uh, Matt and Trey's movie, not the one that they made, but one that they appeared in, Basketball, was released. Uh, because I think that was in 1998 as well. Basketball was released in 31st of July, 98. So it was just a month prior to this episode airing. Okay. So now let's have fun with Google and type in Basketball Ebert and see what he had to say. Oh, yes. That's actually very clever. <laughs> I never thought to do that, Mr. Davis. All okay. Right. First line. Basketball is a major missed opportunity from the grand of the TV gross tune South Park. <laughs> There we go. That's that's so got to be it, right? Saying, Fuck you, Rush. Oh, and how <laughs> awesome is it that they're doing that, and they have the that they have the power to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes this so much more. Oh, uh, that makes the title so great, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking through his review now, and yeah, he's. I think he acknowledges that uh, that Trey and Matt are not untalented, but you know this movie that, um, yeah. Here we go. The performances of Parker and Stone, who are on screen in almost every scene, are surprisingly good, especially considering these guys don't have a lot of acting experience. You know, he watches. He clearly watches South Park because he talk, He mentioned South Park as well. Yeah, well, it says here that Ebert was a. He gave. Uh, he was complimentary of South Park, but he gave Orgasmo and Basketball very negative reviews. Okay, so yeah, I mean, uh, but it's just great that these guys, Parker and Stone, are. Relatively early in the career, and Roger Ebert is like a Pulitzer Prize-winning film critic. You know, sort of the and you know a guy on TV who's the thumbs up, thumbs down guy. Very much a pivotal figure in Australian, in, sorry, in American cultural criticism. And he's just say, he was the reviewer. He was the reviewer yeah, of a generation. Yeah, essentially, and he's going to say, "Well, he's a fatty, fat, fatty pants, <laughs> <laughs> and he he should stop eating those cheeseburgers." In that exact just word, to, those exact words. Just launching a, a you know a distinctly Matt and Trey assault on the guys like shut up fatso. I just love that they also did you hear Dr. Adams when he um, talks about the hot gas as well. <laughs> I was listening because they have someone talk over the last bit of it, and I didn't yes. have any subtitles. Yes, they're trying to like hide it. I, I, I reckon just a little bit, but it was. I wrote it down. He says, um, he's talking about the uh, how stars are just, um, you know, big, they're, yeah, they're, big they're balls of hot, of hot gas. gas. Hot gas, which is what comes out of Roger Ebert's mouth when he speaks. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, I, hopefully, hopefully I, okay. I, now I need to look up what he thought. I mean, he thought of, um, he, he appreciated Bigger, Longer and Uncut, and he probably liked Team America as well. 
Probably. I, I wonder if he changed his tune after this. We'll change his opinions. <laughs> <laughs> but how could you give Bigger, Longer and Uncut a negative review? Oh, you'd have to have no no joy in your heart or soul. Ah, exactly right. But yeah, so there's that, that that adds another layer to this to this episode that I really appreciate, and I never even would have thought to um to look that up. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, you, you asked before about favourite parts or my favourites. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, let's get into our favourite moments. So, what else? I think this is maybe the first time we. Is it the first time we re- heard the real nonsensical high pitched Cartman screech whenever the, things aren't going his way? <laughs> nah, he's definitely done it a couple of times since before. Yes. Well, this definitely has, yeah. I, I like the one that he did in this episode. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, as mentioned before, I just any any time he referenced, open your mind. I, I just think that's great. Um, yeah. I, and I dug that Kyle was able to come up with a cool haiku for just about any, well, not just about any situation, really just a rag on Cartman. But, yeah, Kyle was a bit of a, a haiku king. Well done to him. Yeah, very, I'm very good at the improv there. I will say though, they're very cruel to Cartman. Cartman doesn't seem to be phased by them anymore so much. He's just like, ah, whatever, fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) But this has also got the episode that has the first speaking role of Butters. Oh, Hmm. where did I miss? I missed that. Where was that? I just read that on the Wikipedia page. I did. I missed it as well. It might might have been when they were just in the the, as a group. Okay. Hmm. Possibly. Anyway, let us know, listeners. Because the the, the, tra- the the trailer for the new season of South Park is out. I haven't had a look at it yet, but yeah. I did see you know someone alluding to it on social media saying it looks like a very butters heavy season. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> uh, but uh, what else did you like? Was that all for you? That's all for me. But uh, tell okay, me what well, you enjoyed. I enjoyed Cartman obviously, but I enjoyed his audition. I loved his. <laughs> His uh, pronunciation of honey. She, she, uh, she, 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 is he saying honey or is it money? Money, money sorry. Yes. She always have money. Money. <laughs> Just the way he says money. Money. And his little fucking costume on and everything like that. <laughs> but I loved my favorite line of the entire episode was, now remember kids, it's a planetarium, not a bank up brothel. Let's behave ourselves. <laughs> oh, dear. First of all, I know one shouldn't make fun of the names of foreign cities, but... Bangkok, given its reputation, just has the best name. Oh, um, it's just the greatest, isn't it? It's like, it's like it was a joke that they just ran with. Yeah, it's like it. It was initially named like Decent Town or something or Cleanville, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait a minute, this place is Sin City. Let's just call it Bangkok. It's just the, it's like, let's make let's make it do what it says on the tin. Yeah. Endless comedy. <laughs> just like, it's a flat term, not a bank art brothel. Let's behave ourselves. <laughs> just, but I just, I just love, love that, that. You know, that Garrison is just such a pervert or just yeah. such a degenerate. Good news, everyone. Yes, everyone's favourite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. It's Tales of Futurama available exclusively for four-finger discount patrons. Starting all the way back at Space Pilot 3000, we're reviewing every episode of Futurama as we sink back a cool, refreshing can of delicious slurm. So be sure to sign up today or else Bender might tell you to... Bite my shiny metal ass. Tales of Futurama, available now at patreon.com slash four-finger discount. This message proudly brought to you by the Hypnotoad. Okay, now let's try to get an answer from someone who's not a complete retard. All right, it is time for some trivia, Mr. Davis. But before we do that, we need to read out the names of our beloved patrons. 
starting oh with our $100 patron of the month, Mr. Elliot J. O'Neill from the Whoa. Simpsons Index Podcast. If you're a fan of the Simpsons, uh, check out his podcast, the Simpsons Index Podcast. He co-hosts it. Guy and myself were on there last year. It's worth checking out if you're a big fan of the Simpsons, or if you're not, just listen to them. They're great guys. Also, <laughs> shout out to our man, Andrew Zer, our $50 patron of the month. We appreciate your support, sir. It's just um, it's amazing that you continue to support us in such a way. We, um, we love you for it. Also, shout outs to our $20 patrons. Remember, if you want to get your name read out on every single podcast here on the Four Finger Discount Network, you've just got to be a $5 a week supporter of the show, starting with our man Jordan Molman Ritchie, Christopher Darby, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Pete Anderson, Plain Old Matt, Andrew Davis, Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Joel Yoland, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Daniel Kotnick, Katie G, Reese Roberts, Shannon Hofer, Tom Pickering, Bella Winderbank, Declan Phoenix, Mark Boston Burgess, Heath Appleby, Jack McFadden, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. You guys are absolute champions. Thank you so much for continuing to support us here at Four Finger Discount. Like I said, guys, if you do want to support the show and get access to a bunch of exclusives, including our Facebook community, our Zoom chats with Guy, myself, and Nicola every single month. Nicola's my wife who co-hosts our Friends podcast with us, and much, much more. You can head to the link in the description of this podcast. It is patreon.com slash discount where you can support us for as little as one single dollar per month. Just one single dollar per month. It would go a long way to helping this show and, and supporting us. We would really appreciate it. But if you don't want to become a patron, you can also support us via PayPal donation via fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. $5 or more will get you a shout out on the podcast, on all of our podcasts for that week. Four discount at outlook.com on PayPal. Link is also in the description of this podcast. Now, Mr. Davis, it is time for some trivia. My first question for you is, mm-hmm. how many days have they been watching Barnaby Jones shows in oh, class? I wrote down a lot of stuff about Barnaby Jones, and that's the one thing I didn't write down. So I'm going to say eight, eight days. You nailed it. Well done. Oh, holy moly. Okay, that just uh, that snuck into the subconscious and stuck mm. around for a bit. Um, by the way, before I ask my next, well, before I ask my first question of you, I'm yeah. going to put a link on uh, the Facebook patrons page and maybe also on Twitter as well. Twitter, yeah. Just a bit of the Barnaby Jones theme tune. This is a detective series from the uh, TV series from the 1970s. It's just got a really rocking theme tune. When I when I say rocking, I mean it's like um. It's like Ron Burgundy's on the on the jazz flute. It's yeah. it's pretty cool. So yeah, what, what's a, what's a shame is now I feel like because you have got the skip intro button, they don't put as much effort into intros anymore into theme songs. They just don't. No, no they don't. And, and and they go, some, some of them go for like three seconds now. It's like that's not a theme song. You must just fuck on. Don't, why do you even bother? Just put a credit <laughs> on the bottom. <laughs> uh, but my first question yeah. is: What is the title of Barnaby Jones episode two zero three? That's Barnaby Under Siege. Ah, good one. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's a bit about that that scene that I want to discuss when we get to it, but I really enjoyed it. Um, besides Kenny Loggins, Laser Loggins, who else is playing, or who else is the planet, planet Arium Dr. Adam was playing that night? <laughs> it's Laser James Taylor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Known for his appearance. Besides being a musician, he's guest appearance in The Simpsons in Deep Space Homer. Indeed. And, you know, uh, churning out his uh, particular mellow brand of folk rock. Yes, and when it doesn't work, he bails. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Uh, my next question to you. According to Cartman's song, uh, when did Night Court get lame? Fifth season. 
fifth season. I like that. I've never watched Night Court, but I'm just like, well, I only watched the first four seasons then. Thank you, Captain, for the heads up. <laughs> I watched a, I watched a few episodes of, of Night Court in the in the eighties. It was a perfectly fun, amiable sitcom. Uh, and now a reboot is apparently out. Ah, um, uh, that's the thing. I was born in the late eighties, but it sounds like there was a lot of in that era court shows that were pretty good because I did a, um, a video on the Four Finger Discount YouTube channel late last year with, where Dan Castellanato appeared as Homer Simpson as a mascot but it was on a show called LA Law which apparently was pretty good as well yeah oh, LA Law was more of a drama this okay. was a, and Night Court was a sitcom yeah so uh, oh I thought Night Court it just sounds like a, like a court show sorry okay no no it was sort of like oh all the wacky crimes happen at night and all the wacky criminals are brought into the uh by the night court that's overseen by this you know goofy young judge and well there's a whole bunch of i don't know wacky side characters i tell you what um, you're selling me on this premise <laughs> i like it's, it <laughs> it's, it's actually a really good premise and it was quite a fun show uh the the reboot that they've done uh John Larroquette was in the original Night Court. You're aware of John Larroquette, I'm presuming? Yes, yes, yes. Indeed. Um, he, his character is back in this new version, but I think the lead character is... I'm going to mispronounce her surname. Melissa Rauch from Big Bang Theory? I think she's Oh, Bernadette. yes, the blonde. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so I think she's the lead character in this one. Okay. Be nice to see her playing a role that's not so dumbed down. Correct, yeah, yeah. She was in a really good movie called The Bronze, or a pretty okay movie called The Bronze. Mm-hmm. was sort of a... Um, she played like this small town American gymnast who got bronze in the Olympics or something and was just coasting on that forever. She was just a terrible, terrible person. Yeah. But she was, you know, sort of going into local restaurants and saying, you know, I got the bronze medal from the so-and-so Olympics. They're like, oh, have a free meal. Um, you know, why eventually wouldn't she's, you? Uh, why wouldn't you? Exactly right. <laughs> um, but enough about all that stuff. Did I just ask you a question? I did. You asked me one. Uh, yes, I'll ask you my final question. What is the name of the kid that auditions with the song Bingo? Is it Tommy? Nope. Is it Paul? No, you're getting closer with that one, though. Is it Peter? It's Peter, yes. <laughs> I knew there was a Tommy in there, though. Was there? I think there was a Tommy later on. Okay, maybe. Okay. Maybe during I, the second I don't remember saying, uh, We only ever saw him and Cartman and the girl that I assume is homeless because she runs out to get bread. <laughs> they give away bread outside. Sake. <laughs> One last question for you, if you'd like. Yeah. Okay then. How long does the stoner want the uh, planet Arium show to last? Oh. All right. Give me a second. Um, it's, it's, it's it's days, isn't it? Something mm-hmm. days. Nope. It's much more than that. Much more. Oh. Seven years. A little less than that. What is it? Seven months. Seven months. I knew it was yeah. seven, but I'm like, seven years seems like a lot, and seven hours doesn't seem like enough. <laughs> <laughs> Could be days, but I, I believe it was months. It's like, seven months is just right. It's the Goldilocks <laughs> zone, just right. <laughs> All right, that's trivia for uh, Roger Ebert should lay off the fatty foods. We'll be right back, guys, after this break with our review of the episode. If you're a fan of everything we do here at Four Finger Discount, you can support the show for as little as one single dollar we do per month, where you'll not only be granted eternal happiness, but you also get access to exclusive podcasts, our exclusive Facebook community, prize draws, and much, much more. So become a member of the Four Finger Discount family today by going to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. Link is in the description of this podcast. Are you tired of listening to people talk about something and would just rather hear two losers talk about nothing? Well, look no further than Talking Seinfeld, our podcast discussing every episode of the number one show of the 90s. 
Talking Seinfeld is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She's literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of Roger Ebert's layoff, The Fatty Foods, was September 2nd, 1998. Almost our birthdays. I would have been nearly turning 10, and you would have been nearly turning 30, right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I would have been turning 29. You would have been turning... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but what, what did you do on your dirty 30? What, did you do a special birthday celebration? Not really, no. Um, <laughs> God, it was so long ago now. <laughs> I... I no, I don't think I really didn't think that special. I'm, I'm pretty sure that my girlfriend and I at the time uh, went out and, you know, had a nice dinner, you know, put on, I put on a coat and tie and all that kind of stuff. I did, did a grown-up kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of like <laughs> how we discussed in our Simpsons Millhouse Divider where you, you try to act grown-up at a dinner party. Very much so. It's like, mm. Oh, this <laughs> steak thing is from fine. Bob's Burgers. You remember <laughs> that in uh, there's the bit in Bob's Burgers where is it Tina, the eldest daughter? She's. Oh, I'm, like, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm a baby when it comes to Bob's Burgers. I haven't watched much of it. There's a great bit where I think she sort of finagles her way into this grown-up dinner, or like, well, you're old enough to come and you know, hang. Out. Oh no, no, she's saying, I'm old enough to hang out with the grown-ups. I've been practicing my conversation topics. And so all it is is in this economy. <laughs> so anytime anyone says that, oh my god, in this economy. <laughs> It's like, that's exactly what it's like when you're in your late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. It's like, you're talking about, you know, I guess I should be putting something aside for super, huh? In this economy? Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> the most whimsical jape of the season. The episode was uh, written by Trey and David Goodman and directed by Trey Parker as well. The episode kicks off with uh, the kids watching Barnaby Jones in class, but they're sick of this. They're, I remember like when you were in the classroom like in the 90s, the teacher used to wheel the TV in with the VCR on the, um, mm-hmm. on the trolley. Whenever you saw the teacher doing that, it was like, yes, yes, it's going to be a great day. But I think eight days straight of watching reruns would get kind of annoying after a while. It'd be like, shouldn't it we be doing little... actual shit? Like, <laughs> you know you're a bad teacher when the kids are asking you, aren't we supposed to be learning something here, sir? <laughs> I remember that you would you would either it was, it was a bit of a crapshoot because you know the TV gets rolled in and it's like yeah eh. <laughs> you know you could be I remember we was in history they made it well not made us but we ended up watching like some TV miniseries about the life of Ned Kelly not a documentary but one that was actually like I think it starred like John Jarrett of Wolf Creek fame as Ned Kelly mm-hmm. um, actually no I do remember that because my uncle Teddy who was an actor. Yeah, and a bit of a sideline, uh, had a small part in it as a magistrate. No, I said, that's my Uncle Teddy. Anyone said, shut up. Um, what, a famous dad and a famous uncle? Fuck off, guy. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am, letting down the side. <laughs> uh, but occasionally it'd be like, you know, if they brought it in like science classes, like, oh, we're watching a documentary about, you know, mitosis or some shit like that. You yeah. know, the teacher can't be asked explaining it to us. It's like, watch this guy do it. You always had to make sure you looked at what VHS was being dragged in with it. Like, you're like, is that Land Before Time? What is it? Is it? <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> those schools in the 90s, or particularly where I grew up anyway, we grew up in a kind of a poor area. 
we had one like box set. It was like you know the collection of like ten episodes, uh, ten video uh, tapes of Round the Twist TV show Round the okay. Twist. Mm-hmm. Every kid in North Shore Primary School was a huge fan of Round the Twist because it was just like that's all we had. <laughs> <laughs> we had Round the Twist, Land Before Time, and Fern Tree Gully. Was it Fern Tree Gully? No, no, uh, Fern Gully. Fern, Fern Gully. Gully. <laughs> yes, I would say Fern Tree Gully. Fern Gully. That that's all we had. <laughs> Fern Tree Gully. Virtual Guy, for those of you who live overseas, is just a location near Melbourne. <laughs> it is but, not um, the last rainforest. No, it is not. I've never seen Fern Guy. It's one of the ones I never actually watched. Like they never, it was always there, but I never watched it at school. It was always whenever they asked, "What do you want to watch?" We always said "Round the Twist." We we loved "Round the Twist." Um, I never, yeah, the kids- I've never seen Fern Gully, the last rainforest, mainly because it, I think when it came out, I, I pulled out my inner cup and said, "I'm not watching this hippie crap." Uh, the uh, the kids suggest to Garrison we need to learn about art, music, and take field trips. So he suggests the planetarium, but they think, oh no, that's going to be boring. So instead, he um he says they're going to put on the episode two hundred three and Barnaby under siege. Now I loved here when he goes. Now I take this at home, so there's going to be some commercials. You and I have both discussed one of my one of life's delights <laughs> is going back and watching old commercials, right? Oh my god, it's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> it, there's, I want to start a Twitter account where it's just like. 90s or like uh, uh, retro Aussie commercials because you yeah. can go on YouTube and people put up like you know eight hours of Channel 10 from 1998 April or whatever and it's just got all the commercials in it and some of them are so good but the best ones to watch are like the fast food restaurants for some reason I love the fa- it's like two dollars for half a chicken and chips what what <laughs> in this economy <laughs> hey kids do you love cheesy poofs Yes! Well, Cheesy Poofs is looking for a kid to sing the Happy Cheesy Poofs song. Watch for our talent van as it goes around the country. I can sing the Cheesy Poofs song. If you win, you could be picked to be in our next Cheesy Poof commercial. So remember, I love Cheesy Poofs, you love Cheesy Poofs. If we didn't eat Cheesy Poofs, we'd be lame. Cartman is very keen for this. He thinks he's going to be, of all the kids, of course it's going to be Cartman. It's going to be the man to, um, to enter this. I was surprised the other kids didn't want to do it either. Like, yeah, but I suppose you never really see the other kids eating cheesy poofs. It's always that's Cartman's shtick, I guess. It's it's his treat. Yeah, yeah. it's his uh, nibble of choice. Now, one little little nitpick of this episode, right? <gasps> so they're on the school bus. They drive into the planetarium, right? Mm-hmm. Except later in the episode, uh, they say, "Mr. Garrison, we want to go to the planetarium again." And he goes, "I guess so. We can do it. It's only just down the street." Right. Then why were they on the bus? Bus. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's South Park. If you've got a good reason why this is the case, uh, listeners, by all means, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Southparkmailbag at gmail.com. Please hit us up with some questions. Southparkmailbag at gmail.com. All right, so Miss Crabtree here, she gets them all to shut up, as she usually does. And then we get Garrison, as I said earlier, a planetarium, not a Bangkok brothel, so let's behave ourselves. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, as we're about to enter, Cartman sees the Cheesy Poofs bus that's doing the rounds. So this reminded me of, like, you know when you... I don't know if they do it anymore, but you listen to the radio stations in the morning, and they're like, try and find the, the K-Rock car that's driving around giving out free loaves of bread. And it's, it, people are genuinely, <laughs> like, their, their highlight of their morning was going around trying to find this car to get, like, a free bumper sticker and a loaf of bread. It wasn't the K Rock one, but Black Thunder was the uh, the that sort of the the default name, or, or maybe it was just the Triple M uh, radio station uh, mobile. But okay. I was like, keep an eye for the Triple M Black Thunder. Yeah, do they still do it? I don't listen to the radio anymore, so I wouldn't know. But me neither. I just listen to po- listen to podcasts. 
Yeah. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's exactly what I do as well. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I just listened to music. Because when you have the... Op- this is the thing. If you have the option to listen to whatever music you like, why would you take the chance to listen to a radio station? That's true. But... And it's time to put on the old man Davis hat. Oh, that's comfortable. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yep, I can see some clouds for you to get angry at. Go for it. <laughs> Shaking me fist. <laughs> um, last night I was driving over to the, see the lovely Louise, and yeah. because I'm a an old man, I, I found this AM radio station called Three MP that has sounds of the seventies and eighties. I'm like, my people. I was and listening it's, to it last it's not, it's not quite clear enough like like FM either, so it has that little touch of nostalgia, doesn't it? It's got the static. It's like, oh, I've got to tune this in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was driving over last night, yeah, and I heard the opening riff of one of my favourite songs of all time, Tumble and Dice by the Rolling Stones, okay, except yeah, this yeah. wasn't the, the, the Stones version. This was sung by Linda Ronstadt, and this is the version I remembered from when I was a kid because, oh. I mean... I've heard the Stones one a lot more since then. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I love That's it. That's the one but, that everyone knows, yeah. Yeah, but when I was growing up, I heard the Linda Bronstadt one a lot. And I was just like, oh, you know, it's just, you know, the, the music sounds a bit different, but the vocals are definitely different. But like, I think I like this one more. And, you mm-hmm. know, I actually got to, I got to lose. And I had to drive around the block once so I could um, hear the rest of the song. So every once in a while... Radio will, you know, I mean, of course, if you're listening to uh, Spotify or whatever, you know, the algorithm will occasionally throw something unexpected at you, but radio will really throw something unexpected at you. And this was the case. So I was like, oh, a win for Guy. I love, (laughs) if I do listen to radio, it's it's only talk back now. That's how I knew I was old when I only listened to talk back. And it's like, you know, sports (laughs) players. So it's like, we're cutting the Steve and Ferntree gully. He's got an opinion on the Geelong Cats. He's like, yeah, fucking hate him. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> did I tell uh, did I tell you about when we we got back from Bali in like the middle of the night? I well, I know that your lovely Louise crashed her car. That's all I know. Well, not crashed, but you did back into the, some yeah. guy who shouldn't have been parked where he was parked. That's his yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, it is his fault, of course. Yes. Uh, but we were driving back, and I don't know we needed to have something on that would just sort of you know keep us. From falling asleep. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. tuned into the ABC Radio National with some overnight guy. And <laughs> he had. He, we need something to keep us awake. We'll put on the ABC talkback. <laughs> I know. This was counterintuitive thinking, really. But it worked. And here's why. You know, he was this overnight talk to a guy host. And he was doing a quiz or something. And he clearly had his stable of regulars who listened in and would call in and, like, yeah, thanks, Rod. Yeah, you know what's going on? Oh, it's a two days till Christmas and all this. Is, you know, it's for the children. You've got to be nice for the children. And they ended up. <laughs> They would talk for like 10 minutes. This poor Rod guy who was hosting would be like, yeah, that's great, but, you know, there are other people who are also listening and maybe want to wrap it up. Yeah, that's fine, but just one more thing. <laughs> it's like us with our six patrons. <laughs> very, much, It's very much like the people who are listening to this podcast now, provided you haven't edited this part out, are going, is he ever going to get to the point? Are we ever going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> when are you going to get to the um, review of Roger Ever should eat fatty foods? <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, my God, this... The, the, the people who were just calling up and, you know, just ignoring the fact that this guy was running a quiz, they weren't going to answer any questions at all. They just wanted to talk about themselves. Yeah. You know, and they were either very old ladies who couldn't sleep or guys who were peaking on some kind of drug. Well, it's, it's probably people whose family don't visit them and they know they're going to get through. That's the thing. We, we were half laughing and half going, I feel really bad for these folks. But it did keep us awake because we were just laughing ourselves silly all the way down... Um, at like two in the morning, listening to ABC 
um, yeah, in the middle of the night. It was fantastic. Just the, the, <laughs> so, the, the pol- politely trying to excuse them off the line. And like, yeah, one, one, just one more. Oh, but you, you can't tell them to shut the F up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but uh, enough about that. Let's return. We, we now return you to Roger Ebert should love the fatty foods already in progress. Yeah, so they, um, they've arrived at the planetarium or the planet. Area, as Dr. Adams calls it, and Cartman sees the Cheesy Poos bus, but unfortunately he is not allowed to go see it just yet. Uh, we're now in the planetarium. I'm going to say planetarium because it's, an, it's annoying. Just say that. Like planet, but, yeah, yeah. Planetarium. Dr. Uh, Adams can't can't pronounce it because he's got a weird bone disease. And yeah. as, Cartman, as uh, Mr. Garrison says, that's a pretty weird disease. Is that? I'm not sure whether that was also a reference to someone who speaks funny in the Star Trek episode or whether it was just Trey and Matt were just bored and wanted to create something silly. I think they just wanted to create something silly. Yeah, okay. Um, but this is where they see Little Missy, the first of the uh, the kids who have become volunteers, as Dr. Adams He loves them. their work. Yeah, I love my work. He starts the show. He's going through all the different constellations, the Big Dipper, Taurus, and then it just escalates out of control. So you've got Roger Ebert, the Crusades, which is just like two dots. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been to a planetarium. They used to have one at Science Works. Do they still exist? That is a question. Planetarium. Let's have a look. Hmm. I, I I think I went to one when I was in London. What, when and you were even then, up? even then, there's a little. Oh, I mean, I wasn't a science nerd, but I was a science fiction nerd. And they were like stars. Wow, let my imagination run right. I was sitting there going, "This kind of sucks." Okay, well, apparently, Science Works still has the the planetarium. It's the Melbourne Planetarium at Science Works. It's one of those things where everyone always says they're boring, but now that I'm approaching my mid thirties, I feel like I'll go there. And I'll be like. This is just a place to just chill for half an hour. I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> just quiet. No one's talking. Just whatever. Let's just let's just relax and look at some stars. I, I yeah, reckon I'm just, one day I will do this. <laughs> I'm just going to smoke a bowl beforehand and then go, yeah. <laughs> just go look at some bright some, colors. Go watch some stars, man. It's going to be it's going to be great fun. I'm not sure. Is this what they do? They have like the voiceover guy and everything like that. You'd assume so, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Either that or. They probably have like levels, like for beginners, this we're going to teach you about you know the stars and the constellations, and for advanced ones, it's like now we're going to play some nice ambient music while we you know, light up various constellations. Or you can pay extra and have them just play ABC Talkback from two AM. <laughs> oh my stars. god, what a what a joy! <laughs> what a combo that would have been. Yeah, <laughs> but this is where we get the 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 little jab at Roger Ebert and the hot gas coming out of his mouth. Cartman's like, "Fuck this!" So he's out of there. And uh, so something's not quite right about this show. You can sense straight away something, something's not right mm-hmm. here. And obviously, if you're a Star Trek fan, you know exactly what they're going for here. And now, breathe deep as the stars slowly start to move in little circles. I know you think planetariums are boring, but I'm going to try to change the way you think about that. Cartman in auditions and absolutely nails it out of the park. I can't remember what he says. Well, well he, he does because, I mean, as, as he as he says about the person who went before him, uh, I do believe that sucked ass. Yeah, he's very confident in himself, and as he should be. They, they're, they're a big fan here. They can't believe how good he was. Then uh, the kids, they're walking out of the planetarium, like, something doesn't feel right. That's weird, but, you know, I loved it. They, but they don't know why they loved mm. it. It's like so, something's up. You know, we, we're big fans of this, but I don't even remember what, what we're even talking about there. Meanwhile, Cartman, he's all, he's all good because he snuck out. And he's got the callback um, for the next uh, the next round of um, I'm saying the regional championships, I guess you could say, of the um, getting the. Uh, I love that there's so many like levels you have to get through just to be the commercial, yeah. the regional championships and all this shit. Then have you ever auditioned for a show? I or a commercial? I I auditioned. I got to the second last round of the Amazing Race once with a friend of mine. Oh my gosh! I auditioned for a few commercials back in the day, and um, when I sort of fancied myself, you know, a bit of an actor. 
I never really got any. I was an extra on a bunch of stuff. Such and, as? Oh, let's say I was an extra on Neighbours. I knew uh, you were going to say Neighbours. Everyone's been at, everyone who's an actor in Australia has been an extra on Neighbours or been an, act, an actual character on Neighbours. <laughs> if you're in Melbourne, you do Neighbours. If you're in Sydney, you do Home and Away. Was, was your um, extra gig like being someone who's just pretending to talk in the background at like the cafe or something? Or Yeah, yeah. I think I was, oh, I think I was on a few episodes and I think I was in, a, in the background of the cafe on one and then I was wheeling like a... Um, uh, Hospital Gurney in one episode. Um, I was on a Halifax. Do you know those the, the Halifax TV movies with Rebecca Gibney? She was the forensic no. psychologist. No. They were very big in the in the 90s. I was in one with the second most uh, uh, guy to come out of Geelong, Guy Pearce. Um, what else? And a few other. A Jackie Chan movie called Mr. Nice Guy that was made in Melbourne. Get the fuck out. Yeah, for real. What, who, who did you play in that? Oh, no, it was just a background guy. I oh, mean, just a background guy. Yeah. When you're doing something like that, do you get like paid well or is it just like free access to like the buffet? Uh, well, you get a nice lunch uh, yeah. and you get a bit of money, but not a whole lot. I think it's like, it was like minimum, oh, a bit better than minimum wage. Yeah. Uh, but also a lot of free time. So, I mean, it's like, okay, go wait over there while we set up the scene and all that. Okay, well, we need you to go stand there and that. So, it's good times. I mean, um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. That's awesome. You should try and do some more of that. I was thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, just wanted, go, just wanted to go going down a South Park shirt. It's like, it's like, I love that, like you're on, like, just you shave like FFD into the back of my head. <laughs> you play like different characters on Neighbours, like Neighbours viewers. Oh, old, old Betty's just like, I saw him at the cafe. Now he's a doctor. What is he? Some kind of magical extra? Whoa, <laughs> 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 oh, Julie, who the hell are you? My name is Van Gelder. Van Gelder. What the hell are you doing on our bus? Mr. Garrison, there's some freaky kid from the planetarium on our bus. Oh, great. Well, I guess we have to go back. No. Don't go back. No. Hey, be careful, asshole. Please. Don't take me back there. Can't. Can't. All right, dude. Mellow out. Jeez. <sighs> we better get him to the nurse's office. Stay. We don't see what happens to Van Gelder in the end, really, do we? He just he, um, he has the, the mind meld and then... He does. Is Van Gelder... I mean, Van Gelder's too distinctive a name to just happen. Is he, is Van Gelder in Dagger of the Mind? Let's Google Van Gelder Star Trek. Yep, the intruder, yes, the intruder in, identifies himself as Simon Van Gelder. There we go, yep. So, yeah, everything about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is all Dagger of the Mind all the time. Yes, and, and that's the thing. It's literally just them doing the episode in South Park form, which yeah. is fine. Oh, that's great. Like, if it's one of your favourite shows, fucking do it, you know? It's, and and they, they, they still make it funny. It's funnier if you know what they're going for, but it still works, even if it's not a... Well, you're, you're a bit like the person who hasn't gone to the planetarium. You're like, what's... Yeah, this episode's good, but yeah, why? Why is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's clearly, you know, erratic and he's, he's been been through some shit. And Cartman's like, be careful, asshole. <laughs> so like, this, poor, this poor kid's clearly in a bad way. But they, they tell him to mellow out. Don't worry, we're not going to take you back. So they take him to the nurse's office and Mr. Mackey asks if he's been smoking some marijuana. And we actually get him saying drugs are good later in the episode. I think prescription drugs are good. Prescription <laughs> drugs, okay. But, but recreational so drugs are bad. He tries to explain the, uh, the machine. But Principal Victoria says, oh, there's definitely something going on down at that planetarium. I hear they've got laser logins playing. Let's go check it out. But they find <laughs> it boring. And then we get the drug guys. I don't know what their names are, but I love that totally killer. <laughs> oh, man, this is boring. Yeah, who the heck finds this stuff interesting? 
Dude, this is totally killer. I hope this goes on for like seven months, man. You will not remember what happens here. To remember it will cause incredible pain. Incredible pain. Incredible icky pain. Dude, I'm totally tripping. Dude, this is totally killer. I always remember that, that line for some reason. Incredible icky pain. Icky pain. Uh, icky's a great word. Doesn't get used anywhere near enough. Homer Simpson. Ooh, I hate that icky super sin. <laughs> just, <laughs> icky is icky's just awesome. pretty good. It's very good. Uh, Garrison, we're coming back from commercial and Garrison is explaining haikus, which doesn't go anywhere except they just wanted to have, take the mickey out of haikus, I guess. I don't know, because it it doesn't play any role in the story, does it? It's just... Not really, but it's there for a moment. (laughs) I mean, they really take advantage of it while it's around. Yeah, this whole scene's based around haikus, but it's not really part of the story. I'm guessing that in the writer's room, someone brought up haikus and then they just, they killed like three hours Coming up with filthy haikus. Yeah, that could be it, yeah. But no, they're like American poems, except they don't rhyme and they're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Cartman, he's not around. They're wondering where he could be. And then Kyle does his Cartman haiku, and Kenny gives one as well. Not sure what he says, but apparently he he includes discharge. (laughs) And then, should we look it up what he says? Ah, fuck it. You guys can do it for yourselves. (laughs) You know where to look. You know where to look. And... He, they don't know why. They've got this urge to go back to the planetarium. They, they can't explain it. And as Garrison says here, like I mentioned before, we could go since it's just down the street. Then Cartman comes in and just brags that he won the regional championship. Just him being just snooty, like to Clyde and Wendy. Did you, did you win it? Did you get a, a, a little uh, certificate card? No, Clyde? He, when he, the way he says Clyde. Clyde. <laughs> Poor Clyde. He always cops it. Kyle does another haiku. And very good, Kyle. And Cartman tries one and fucks it up. We're back with Van Gelder now, who's in a stable condition, but not mm-hmm. able to get any information out of him. Um, so what they're going to do is uh, uh, they're going to use the mind meld, as um, as Mr. Mackey says. Uh, but we don't actually see it just yet. He just, he just describes what it is. It's like a tradition passed down from... Uh, from uh, counselor to Yeah, counselor to counselor, yeah. We're now back at the planetarium, and the, the drug guys, as I refer to them, are now workers there. Um, so the, all the kids are walking in. Garrison steps out for a, a wee wee, and uh, <laughs> as he leaves, Mr. Adams takes the opportunity since he's not there to turn the dial right up. I think it's intense. Is it? In- oh, it's just intensity. I think it says anyway. It turns up it's 10. just intensity. Yeah. Uh, he's about to sort of go full ball, and then Garrison re-enters. I love that the wave, like just the subtle. So like he turns it right down. Oh hey, you back? Hey mate, how you going? <laughs> yeah, everything's everything's fine. Everything's fine. And but Stan and Kyle they bail because they know something's not right here. Now we're at the audition. And Cartman, everyone's used this excuse at least once. Stop picking your nose. I've just got an itch. It's like, I've just got an itch. It's like, yeah, you might have had an itch, but you also took the opportunity to get a few boogers out at the same time. Absolutely. We're all guilty of it. We're like, well, if the finger's in there, we might as well just, you know, scratch it out a little bit. <laughs> Do a little excavation. Yeah. <laughs> I knew also, another reason I knew I was getting older, started growing hairs in my nose. I was like, oh man, it started. Mm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're the worst. Yes, yeah. What were you going to say? I could see you were going to say something about the picking the nose. No, no. I'm just a big fan of, you know, I like to think that God didn't make too many mistakes in designing, you know, the uh, the machine that we're uh, all inhabiting. And, you know, your nostrils are a particular size and your fingers are a particular size. That's true. To help you excavate. Exactly right. Um, but then we get the poor girl. Hey, look, they're giving away bread outside. <laughs> just- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sag. Sag. 
Everyone's now leaving the planetarium once again. Clive wants to volunteer to do some work, much like everyone else. See the the, the gay kid? Well, not the gay kid, but the kid that says everything's gay. Your planetarium's gay. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> but I love it. Um, Stan and Carl, we're kids. We don't volunteer for anything. Yeah, exactly right. And that, that's true. Who, kids don't volunteer for shit unless they're getting toys or money out of it. Well, why would we ever do this? Especially the South Park kids. So they're going to see what's going on and they find the control panel and accidentally killed Kenny. They're bastards. So they said, oh, go- he got scanned. Yeah. Head, head exploded. I actually freeze framed it and he's like, his head, his eyes bulge out first, like they pop out first and then poof, brains everywhere. Oh my God. But they go to tell somebody. <laughs> and meanwhile, we got the auditions and Peter's rendition of Bingo. Not great. Yeah. Jill and Bingo was his name oh, Well, the farmer had a dog and Bingo was his name oh. 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 And Bingo was his name oh, Well, the farmer had a dog and Bingo was his name oh. Ing. Ing. And Bingo was his name oh. Thank you, uh, Peter. We'll let you know very soon. I'm really curious about what led to some of the gags in this episode. If they knew someone who had like a, a speech impediment or not, or just a weird way of pronouncing stuff because, you know, he's leaving out the B. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's, he, I, he's fucking it up. <laughs> he's fucking it up. And you don't know exactly why. And I'm guessing that, you know, someone had a joke in the writer's room or just a story in the writer's room about, yeah, this guy was trying to sing bingo and he just kept messing up the whole time. And I don't know, I just found that hilarious. Between that and Plan Adam, it's like, yeah, I mean, we've said on the show in the past, yeah, saying things in a funny way is is great. It's, it's one of the best jokes you can make. <laughs> I loved how proud of him, he was of himself. Oh, great job, oh, yeah. Peter. He's like, yeah, I nailed that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Eric Theodore Cartman enters. I believe this is the first time we hear the middle name, Theodore. Oh, I believe so. He auditions singing She Works Hard for the Money in his little costume. Next will be uh, Eric Theodore Cartman. Hello, everybody. Now just do it like we rehearsed, hon. I know, I know. <laughs> she works hard for the money. So hard for the honey. She works hard for Then Mr. Mackey is performing the mind meld on Van Gelder. Our minds are one. Okay. Our thoughts are one. Okay. This is the strangest thing I've ever seen. Please, nurse, for a woman with a dead fetus on your head, you're not being very open-minded. Open your mind to your counselor. Open your mind. Dr. Adams. Yes. He owns the planetarium. What about him? He uses the machine. The star machine. He uses it to erase minds. But why? Planetarium about to go out of business. Adams had to create slaves to survive. My God, this is amazing. Please, nurse, you're throwing off my chi, okay? Come back from commercial and Cartman is announced as the winner since all the other children are now volunteering at the planetarium. A nice way to tie in the two stories. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I did appreciate that. Then we get the news report about everyone going to the planetarium. 
Uh, the news report brought to you by a 34-year-old Asian man strike- who looks strikingly similar to Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite part of that, though, was just the really snide look that he gives when he says, down here at the planetarium. Mm, yes, not quite right, yeah. <laughs> but Dr. Adams, though, he's using this opportunity to offer a free show for everyone in South Park to come check out the planetarium and rekindle mm. your love with the place. I wonder if that's a tradition in like America to go to the planetarium. I feel like it, it is in Australia as well. For some reason, I feel like there was an excursion to the planetarium, but I missed it. I, I think seventies like, and eighties, it was probably quite big. Maybe even in maybe even nineties, maybe mid nineties. Yeah, I think pre the internet, you know, something like a planetarium was pretty pretty big deal. Now you can just go onto YouTube and they've got all those channels where it's like, here's Earth. We're pulling out, pulling out, pulling out, pulling out, pulling out. You know, like that pale blue dot thing. Yes, and yeah. People just smoke a big doobie and, and watch that. <laughs> Rather I think than go like, to the planet Adam. Like Science Works in Melbourne, I'm not sure if they're still in business. Although they are still in business, we looked them up before. But like that was like the one place that every kid had an excursion to at least once in school. I was like, we have to go to Science Works. I was like, do we really? They're like trying to outrun <laughs> Kathy Freeman. Have you been there before? <laughs> Everyone's tried to outrun That's Kathy Freeman. Exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> it's the only thing anyone remembers about Science Works. And for a little for a little moment, you believe you can do it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna outrun the dipshit. fastest Australian ever. <laughs> there was some dipshit who's like, "Yeah, I can beat," and he like ran into a wall or something. Yeah, I don't know. And he was like some middle-aged dude or some, you know, some would-be alpha male. Oh, yeah, I can beat her. And, and he, I think he like, he then took science works to court. He was like, "Oh, I was going so fast, and you couldn't, you know, you didn't have adequate uh, uh, facilities to make me stop." <laughs> So I ran to a wall. <laughs> I think. I just remember being a kid and like, we're all lined up to take our turn and try to outrun Kathy Freeman. I, I remember just being in line going, this is it, Brendan. This is your moment. This is what's going to define you. <laughs> You're you will be known the as the fastest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Kathy Freeman, a former um, legendary Australian runner who won gold in I say several Olympics, I reckon. I think so, yeah, but yeah. definitely won, uh, won gold at the Sydney Olympics in 2000 and all Australia was united in, yay, Kathy. I, it's weird, like, I haven't watched the Olympics for years, like a long time. Uh, I, I get excited when the Olympics are coming and then when they're on, I'm just like, eh, I, I, just, I don't watch it. It's, it's, it's a weird thing, but the idea of the Olympics intrigues me and I enjoy it, but I still remember sitting down in the living room with mum and dad and my sister like watching that Kathy Freeman race, for some reason it just it, it felt like it was a moment. Like yeah, everyone was watching yeah. that, wasn't weren't they? Bruce McAvaney was the commentator, and it was like a, a moment in time where Australia, like you said, we're just all together watching this one thing happening. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice time for Australia. It was, yeah. Then we get um Stan and Kyle, they're telling Officer Bar Brady all about Doctor Adam's plan. He doesn't believe them though. He says once he finishes doing all the other uh, solving all the other crime in South Park. He'll go and solve this one. And they say, what other crime? He's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, surely there's other crime in South Park, right? Of all the places in the world, surely South Park's got crime. But anyway, he's going to go to the planetarium and check out what's going on. And Cartman is now uh, not auditioning. He's in the commercial. He's, he's filming he it. Is. But is this what it was like when you were filming your stuff? Like, just stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. A little bit. And also, when I was writing about TV and you'd get... Hey, it's time. Would you like to do a set visit to this show? And, you know, you can talk to some of the stars and all this kind of business. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do it to do the interviews. But standing around on set and watching, it's so dull. It really is. I can imagine. Because it's like, we've got to adjust this set. We need to adjust this light. You know, it takes forever. And, you know, you're basically just standing there going, wow, the magic of the movies. The the first hour would be just like, whoa, I'm part of a movie set. But then you'd be like, oh. Very much so. This is it. Okay. 
But then <laughs> they arrive at the planetarium. Hello, officer of the law. I just like, Dr. Adams was awesome. It's got to be Trey Parker doing that voice, right? I'd have to be. If right there was going to be a guest star, he would have been doing this role, but I can't find it anyway. But it does, it does sound like Trey doing the voice. Mm. Um, and he, a barbrader here, throws the kids under the bus. They think you're going to be, you know, you, you're warping minds and shit. And they're like, um, I would have preferred if you didn't tell him that to our faces, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Barbrady. <laughs> uh, the kids are all in there. They're all volunteers now. Chef's even working there. He's got himself a real job. And Barnaby, <laughs> uh, but Barnaby, uh, Barbrady says he's going to see the, uh, the stars. He wants to go see and check them out. He's very excited for it. Cartman is now on the phone doing the rounds, calling everybody up to remind him that he's going to be on a commercial tonight, including his grandma, who seems like a lovely lady. Yeah. Yeah, he hangs up on her. Poor grandma. Uh, but he calls all his friends' houses and none of them are home, which pisses him off. He thinks they're all going to miss it. And meanwhile, at the planetarium, uh, he's warping the mind of Officer Barbrady and makes him believe that he is Elvis. I thought the Elvis here was so funny. It was really good. <laughs> it, was so, like, it was so bad that it was good. Just the, the things you were saying. <laughs> just, just all the Elvis cliches. Oh, thank you. All right. Yeah, it, just, lower. it just got me every time. But there was one bit at the end where it's just like, you hold right there, mister. Hold right there. Or something like that. He's got the gun. I don't know. <laughs> just thought it was so great. But uh, he's bragging. Dr. Adams is bragging to Stan and Kyle what, what, what he's been doing and how he's going to uh, achieve all of this. You know, kids don't come to planetariums anymore. Well, I'm going to be making sure they come. Children like you. Meanwhile, Cartman is watching Terrence and Philip, and the commercial is coming on, but he only appears at the end. As a kid, though, you'd still be excited whether you're on the entire commercial or at the end like this. You're on television. Oh, yeah, of course. You're going to say you're the star. Yes. <laughs> you just say, lame. <laughs> yeah. Although he's already been on television before. Now, I'm going to be on television. That's right. <laughs> was it the... It was Beefcake, wasn't it? The Beefcake. Beefcake. <laughs> beefcake. <laughs> Let's not get into that again. <laughs> Aha! Caught you red-handed. Okay. Mr. Mackey. Officer Bar Brady, uh, this man is using some kind of mind control. What's wrong with him? Oh no! Apparently, he thinks he's Charlton Heston. No, you idiot! He thinks he's Elvis. Elvis, escort our guest to the planet area. Folks, if you wouldn't mind. Could you please follow me? Uh-oh. Cartman, however, is the one that eventually saves the day. So it's because Stan, Kyle, Nurse Gollum, and Mr. Mackey are all sitting in the planet chair and they're getting their minds warped. Cartman walks in. Well, you guys can all kiss my ass because I was on television. <laughs> that was so awesome. He's, just, he's simultaneously the worst and the best. Yeah, he um, he's pissed off, though. They're not paying any attention. They missed it because they're at the planet chair. So what is the device there that he kicks over? Oh, well, it's... The Constellation Machine. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the light, the Duvalaki, whatever you want to call it, in the planet channel, kicks <laughs> it over, breaks it, it falls to the side and zaps Adams in his eyes and sucks out all of his mind. Meanwhile, Cartman unties everybody, he saves the day, he does the mind melt on Barbrady and gets him back into uh, his proper form. He now knows he's a cop once again. And the episode a- ends with Cartman uh, picking his nose or just, he's got an itch, as his mum would say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a really good takeoff of the Star Trek episode. It, what, what I like about this was that, as I said at the start, it reminds me of, it just, it just feels like two guys who are just having fun making this. Like You, you can tell a lot yeah. of love went into this, and they didn't give a fuck whether you understood it or not. They were doing it for themselves. And that's where they're sort of at. That's where they're at by this point in South Park. They're like, all right, we've got, we had the not without my anus. We, we, we siphoned out all the bandwagoners. You either love South Park or you don't. And I guarantee everyone who was still watching South Park by this point loved this. 
Yeah, is along for the ride. Because, you yeah, know, there's a few things better than when you've got legitimately talented people like Parker and Stone who have reached a point where, you know, the suits and everyone will sort of leave them alone and say, clearly you're doing something that people like, so have at it. Do yeah. what you like, guys. And, you know, it's not always going to win, but more often than not, you're going to get something that's pretty enjoyable and pretty original and kind of unique. Well, they've got enough credits in the bank already where fans believe in them and trust them. Yeah. As you said, even if they not don't quite hit the mark, they'll still come back next week because they're like, eh, it wasn't the best, but you know, we know you guys are going to give us hits more than misses. So Correct, we're yeah. still going to return. But what a great position to be in for Trey and Matt where, as you were saying, where the, the, the executives would have been like, well, people just love this. Just just do your thing and, and give it to us mm-hmm. and we'll put it on the TV. I know the Simpsons had to work into their, into their, um, their contract that Fox couldn't interfere. I don't feel like there would have been much interference with Trey and Matt's work. There would have been sometimes where they would have gone, you probably couldn't cross that line, but Trey and Matt yeah. are also smart enough to know the lines they couldn't, couldn't cross as well. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's not like they're crazy, you know, kamikaze, bohemian kind of guys. Like, no, we're going to do whatever we want. It's like, I think they're in it for the long haul and they're playing the long game. It's like, well, you know, we'll, outrageousness is part of our brand. We'll push it a bit, but we're not going to push it so far that we're either going to, you know, uh, burn our bridges with the people who are signing the checks or alienate the people who dig our shows. Yeah. You know, and they know, what they know what they're good at and they know how to set healthy boundaries for themselves, you might say. And they've always come across like us. Even like, mm. you know, 20 years later, Trey and, Trey and Matt, they feel like your mates. They don't feel like these you know, overlords of this show. Like, for example, if someone said to you today, oh, the, the guys that created The Simpsons just made a billion-dollar deal, right, with Disney+, Plus," you'd be like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when Trey and Matt got announced they made like a $900 million US deal for South Park, everyone was yeah, like, good, good on you guys. You deserve it. Yeah. Everyone good was like you. happy for yeah. them, you know. I just love the South Park has that vibe where it just feels like shows made by your mates you know, yeah. and you're, root, you're rooting for them. You're like, because they've, they've never been scared to... to do anything but their own things. You're always rooting yeah. for them to, to succeed because there aren't many there aren't many people left in show business that get the ability and have the power to do that anymore. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and you're looking at the early stages of their work and it's all construction paper and it's like, oh, I could do that, or you know, someone I know could do that. And of course, it's evolved over time, but it's still got the the foundation of that or the fundamentals of that. And you, yeah, that's a reason why you're not going. Oh wow, well, they they're just they've evolved or elevated beyond me now. So they're still doing essentially the same thing. It's a bit slicker. Well, it's a lot slicker, actually. But uh, it still feels like they've stayed, they've stayed true to their roots. Yeah, they've never strayed away to try to be what they what executives perceive people want now. Well, even like The yeah. Simpsons did that. You know, they, they, the show's completely changed to sort of suit the, the times, as you were saying. In the teen mm. season, it's like, okay, this is there's more and more like family guy gags getting into this show now when it yeah. never would have been like that back in the early 90s. And you need to, yeah, of course, you need to evolve and you need to sort of move with the times to some degree. But I think you want to, as I said, stay true to yourself. Uh, do you think it's also a point that South Park was just so fucking wacky in the first season that there's like, well, you can't get any more absurd. It's like they, they set the boundaries <laughs> so high, pushed it so far in the first season where it's just like anything's game now. Like it, it'll never, South Park will never be perceived as trying to be something else. It will always be everyone's trying to be South Park. I think so. Anyway, that is our review of Roger Ebert should lay off the fatty foods. How did Roger Ebert pass away? Was it from eating too much fatty foods? It wasn't actually. He, um, I believe, he had cancer of the oh shit. Um, okay, 
yeah, of the throat and well, maybe the jaw, but he had a, a major operation that sort of saw a large portion of his lower jaw uh, removed. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't uh, broadcast on TV or anything like that anymore, but he still wrote, still wrote bit, yeah, right yeah. up to his death. But, yeah, I think it was cancer that, uh, that eventually took him. There's a, gr- a good documentary about him and his career called Roger Ebert Life Itself. Okay. Um, I'm not sure where you can track it down. I, I found it somewhere, which is a way of saying I pirated it. It's a South Park uh, We downloaded it. <laughs> We'll yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Everyone's going to go, yeah, guy, keep doing it. No, no. Um, but that's really worth checking out. I mean, if you're interested in it, because he, he lived a pretty cool life and he was a pretty cool writer. He's not, yeah, I mean, I think, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan, absolutely. But this was a really good insight into his point of view and his influence and all that kind of stuff. Except he did get one thing wrong. What was it recently? You put it up on Twitter again. What was it? Remind me. Oh, yeah. He, he, um, he gave thumbs down to the thing. That's John right. John Carpenter's yes. the thing, nineteen eighty two. I think both he and uh, and uh, Gene Siskel were like, no thumbs down on this one. Like, oh, you guys are on the wrong side of history. <laughs> <laughs> but rest in peace, Mister Roger Ebert. Enjoy all the rest fatty peace, foods Roger. you want up there in the sky, my dear friend. <laughs> all right, as we said, this has been uh, Roger Ebert should lay off the fatty foods. The next episode of Going Down to South Park, we are reviewing the episode Clubhouses. So listen, uh, look out for that one in your feeds. But thank you once again for all of your ongoing support, guys. Like Guy was saying at the start. The audience here is growing and growing and growing, and we couldn't be more appreciated of um of the fact that you guys are sticking it out and, and helping us grow here going down to South Park. If you do want to support us, like I said, you can find the links in the description of this podcast. Uh, you can either become a patron for as little as a dollar per month, just one single dollar per month. Uh, if you all were one dollar patrons, it would really help us a lot and help us keep the lights on here at the Four Finger Discount Network and get early access to all of the shows we do here on the network, which includes Talking Seinfeld, uh, the one about friends, which I do with my wife, Nicola. We also do Patreon-exclusive podcasts, including movie reviews um, and some other bonus podcasts. We're going to be doing some South Park-exclusive podcasts on our Patreon in starting in February. Mm-hmm. Plus, we also have Tales of Futurama, which if you're a Futurama fan, you're going to really enjoy that one. We, our latest episode that we were reviewing is uh, Why Must I Be a Crustacean in Love, which is, in my opinion... <laughs> One of the greatest episodes of Futurama of all time. I absolutely love that one. So you can find that on our Patreon channel. Links in the description. Or you can just chuck us a PayPal donation to fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. That would be appreciated as well. But next episode, like I said, is Clubhouses. This has been going down to South Park. Hope you all had yourselves a time. Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? Well, I do believe that did not suck ass. <laughs>